0: You're listening to the PopZara Podcast. The State state of Gaming.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the PopZara Podcast. That's right, it's the State of Gaming. It is the State of Gaming. That means video games. That means everything to do about games in the world. For, chronologically, what are we at now? February 2022. That's right, the month of love. And there's a lot to love. And because there's a lot to love, I can't do it by myself. That means your host, Nathan Evans, needs help. And I'm calling in player number two. Mr. Senior Games Editor himself, Mr. Corey G-Man Gallagher. Gory, welcome back.
0: Hey, thanks very much. Great to be back once again.
1: Did I say it right?
0: You did, actually. I was waiting for it, and yet, here we are.
1: <laughs> well, sorry I disappointed you. It's not that exciting. I'm pretty exciting. You ever play a game where people say, like, they still say Mar like, when they're talking about the Mario games, and they still pronounce it Mario?
0: You know, it's funny. You talk to, to Brits, in particular. The British people mm-hmm. uh, will call him Mario, which always throws me off.
1: The character literally says his name every time you turn the game on.
0: It's a me, Mario.
1: Yeah, he doesn't say, it's a me, Mario. And
0: I'm wondering, you know, if we play a European version of the game now, does he say, it's a me, Mario? Anyway.
1: I grew up with uh, English cousins, and I remember watching uh, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles with them.
0: You know, it's funny, and uh, also over there, Contra is not Contra. It's called Probotector. Probotector. Yeah.
1: Which sounds like a game about colonoscopies. Ew. Actually, the only reason – if you ever want to play Probotector legally, get the Contra collection that came out. Was mm-hmm. it last year?
0: I think it was last year. I have a copy of that, and it does have – you can play Probotector. You can
1: play prob- uh, bleh, Probotector, but I will say this. If you want to get the authentic Probotector, you got to get the Probotector that plays in PAL format and because PAL format runs slower than NTS uh, – what is it, NTSC?
0: That... Yeah, we use NTSC, they use PAL, though I don't think they still have that distinction anymore. I think that's been over for a while.
1: It's been over for a while, but it still props up because you remember when you reviewed the PlayStation Classic a couple years ago?
0: I that, did not that... review the PlayStation Classic. That was Herman.
1: It was Herman? Oh, I, see, believe so. I, I completely forgot. But you remember the PlayStation, Have you? did you play it? No, like, I heard it was terrible. Okay, you play and within 10 seconds, you automatically know something ain't right because the games are actually the PAL format games.
0: The game run slower, right? Like they noticeable. run slower,
1: yeah. It's it's noticeable, and it's terrible. It's awful. It's really bad. It's also amateuristic. But anyway, you know what? It's not amateuristic talking about games, so thank you for tuning in, everyone, to the State of Gaming podcast. It's where myself and Corey are going to talk about what's going on in the video game world. Uh, we usually start with a bunch of big games coming out. We go down That's to some number stuff, and we wrap it up with everything else. So... Let's get on. Let's talk about the games that are buzzing for February 2022.
0: Well, let's go ahead and do that. So we're going to start off with a big one. And by Mm -hmm. big, I mean big in terms of uh, how much content is in there. (laughs) Uh, 500 hours, apparently. So that's got an asterisk. Yeah, I don't really believe that. Um, we've got Dying Light 2: Stay Human. I played it, did a review for Popzara. Given my status as a reviewer, I must unfortunately note that I often don't get a chance to finish these games, especially not one that runs for as long as Dying Light 2. But you, you finished it, right?
1: I did finish it. Um, to be fair, you and I both got early copies. Right. We got early copies f- with the intention of doing multiplayer because multiplayer is a big, big part of Dying Light. Unfortunately, they did not allow us to do multiplayer. They yeah, shut it down. No, that was very strange. Yeah. Go figure.
0: Speaking of uh, the early copies, by the way, I want to point out, maybe you've noticed this too, uh, when they did it, people complain about day one patches, mm. but the day one patch for Dying Light made it run like five times better. It was very impressive. It's,
1: and I want to say why, though. It's because of, oh, what? what's that What's that term they use? The rendering modes. What do you call it? Uh, it's basically, it comes down to, is it FSR versus linear? One rendering mode is made by AMD, the other one's through...
0: Vulcan versus... There's so I, I many. Know, yeah, some of the exact terms, I know what you're talking we, about. We, know, why.
1: we definitely know what we're talking about. So apparently the game actually does run better. What does um, NVIDIA have? The DLSS? It's, DLSS, yeah. Yeah, it's basically that. It's uh, And I think actually the Switch has versions of it. But it's where the game will render itself in lower resolution and increase the resolution as you get higher. Uh, if you have lower spec machines, the game runs pretty well on everything. But if you have a lower spec machine, it can make the difference between playing the game and not playing the game. So definitely play with some of the options. But I guess the AMD version runs better than the NVIDIA one, which is strange.
0: That is a little bit strange. It's very unusual. But anyway, less about the performance, though. Um, the game itself, I was a pretty big fan. Uh, you, I think, when we were talking before the podcast, I think you are, by and large, over this kind of game. Uh,
1: not necessarily over the type of game, over, over the idea of what these games are. Now, I, to be clear, I did finish the game, and I want to state something really quick in defense of your review. Dying Light is one of those games that is really ambitious. It's really big, but it takes its ambitions and it stretches it out. And so to see the magical goodies, you have to really spend a lot of time, which I think does not work in its favor, particularly because a lot of their marquee features like the paraglider, like all that stuff, it's it's so well hidden on the second half of the game.
0: Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the more interesting stuff comes later on in the game, like yeah. far deeper in than you would expect. You spend about fifteen hours, ten to fifteen hours, depending on how much side stuff you're doing, without the paraglider, which is a central component of the game when you get it, because you're in this area with you know bigger skyscraper. Spoiler alert: uh, area has is a lot more vertical skyscrapers, so on and so forth. You need to be able to glide. That's when they give it to you. Uh, there's no indication at all that this comes up beforehand.
1: No, not not really. And my biggest, my only biggest, uh, my biggest issue with the game coming from Dying Light One, is that Dying Light One was never a masterpiece by any stretches. But it, it had a central function, it had a good feedback loop, and that once you get into its groove, it's very entertaining and it knows when to say stop. Sure. Um, what's what's the company that it Techland? Is that Techland? Uh, Techland? They They did something that a lot of developers don't do. They kept updating the game over and over. They never stopped.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure there was new Dying Light DLC like a month ago. Yeah,
1: and they kept... And I think it's going to be remastered again. Like, it never stops. And so I was going to say, if you read Corey's review of Dying Light 2, remember the game is probably going to change a lot. And it probably already has changed. So just make sure that when you play it, just... Remember the reviews you're reading may not be a hundred percent up to date. I'm so sorry. That's a
0: solid that's a solid point. Yeah. The review that I wrote of the game was based on a largely my experience with the pre release version of the game, for one. For two, even at launch, the game that you're playing now is gonna be leagues different. Different, in yeah. It's gonna be different. And we're going to add better. DLC. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. Like, I, I enjoy it for what it is. The big problem, of course, is that it is a very expansive game. Like, you beat it. How much side stuff did you do?
1: A lot. And after a while, though, it becomes overwhelming because uh, a lot of the stuff becomes samey, very much like the, um, the Ubisoft Assassin's Creed games. I don't know how. I, I don't. Look, we're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, right? I don't give a hell about finding flour or delivering a letter or getting a scarf or doing at, this at what stuff. At point-
0: at what point do the resources that you get for this stuff stop mattering? Because one thing that I noticed when I was playing even recently mm-hmm. excuse me, was um, the only resource that really seemed to make my character feel any stronger was the uh, the inhibitors, the actual stat points.
1: Well, again, that's one of the things that's hidden. Uh, they hide uh, the inhibitor locators, again, well into the game where it's – like, for example, the game will tell you, oh, inhibitor, inhibitors make you uh, increase your stamina or increase your health if you yes. get so many. But The problem is the game's native inhibitor locator doesn't work. It's like, inhibitor located, and it's, it's nowhere near where you are. I
0: noticed, I noticed that. It actually yeah. will start chirping at you, and like it's, it, it will tell you within a horizontal range of wherever it is, but it doesn't think about the vertical. So exactly. this thing could be on a, a skyscraper 50 stories above me, and it's like, inhibitor nearby. I'm like, it's not, then, actually.
1: Well, then when you eventually you get the locator to find the inhibitors, it becomes a scavenger hunt to go get them so you can make the game easier. Again, the feedback loop is broken, and I hope they fix this because the game is not... I'll just say this, Corey, and we can move on. Um, the game is not really a zombie game anymore because the zombies are more incidental. They don't, they don't really have the... It's
0: like The Walking Dead where, you know, we've, The Walking Dead got popular and now every single zombie game ever is, oh, the zombies aren't the real monsters, it's humans.
1: Well, did you play Dying Light The Following, the DLC for the first game?
0: I played a little bit of it. Um, I have to say, like, there was enough Dying Light, the first one, that by the time The Following came out, I was like, I think I'm good on this for a bit.
1: Well... And and dying light two has this a little bit, but not as much as the the DLC from the last game. Is that the zombies become more diversified? Like right. you're going into different, they're dressed differently. They're wearing you can you can feel the impact of a zombie apocalypse. And in this game, they're mostly wearing headbands, Right. and they just don't feel diverse enough. And so you get I
0: think this, my favorite. My favorite zombie is to do with a sack on his head.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. They all have sacks on their heads. Yeah, and he's they,
0: all over the place.
1: And they have that one zombie that's modeled after Bub the zombie from Day of the Dead. That's clearly yes. modeled after him. Uh, I think Howard Sherman played the the guy. But anyway, my point is is that it's all bandits. And so if your zombies jump in the air, spit fire, and explode, they're not really zombies at that point. So I don't, I'm don't, i not really scared. I'm not scared by a flame-shooting dragon monster in a, I zombie, say, a
0: zombie game. A zombie, zombie that jumps in the air and spits fire and is really fast, it's just an imp from Doom.
1: <laughs> it's exactly. And, and it makes me want to play Doom. But it's bandits. You get the bandits, the bandits, and they all have the same voices over and over again. It's like and they're all cartoon voices like, we're going to get you. Yeah, he's not going to survive. <laughs> and it's like, that's not scary. <laughs> it's like, what cartoon then did you, I jump then in? you
0: drop kick off the side of the building and oh. Like, oh,
1: no. And then the worst part, and I got to say this, this is, this is a criticism, is that the game is pretentious in a way it shouldn't be because it takes itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And I like Rosario Dawson, but she is so miscast in this game. And you get this one guy, no matter where you're at in the world, and you know the writers are really proud of this, but I think the writers are what check, and they probably weren't translated correctly. It's like, civilization's a whim of circumstance. And every – go and you hear this quote in every village, and it's like, I get it. Civilization is a whim of circumstance. You don't need to keep saying it every ten minutes. I get it. You're proud of this line. It's not a good line, but you're proud of it. So, okay. But I don't. But need real to, quick. I don't need Look to cool. hear it.
0: Yeah. As I, we could do a whole podcast about yeah, this game, we could. We cannot. But I will say I enjoyed it. I think you enjoyed it yeah, too, I enjoyed it too. Was saying. I mean, it's a it's a game. Like you, you want to play a video game? Here you go, well, Dying Light Two.
1: My, my my biggest gripe is that I think Techland did a disservice by saying it's five hundred hours up front
0: and, and, Oh, right. I did mention we we're going to talk about that. It's five hundred hours if yeah. you were to play it repeatedly yeah. and take every different dialogue choice. And, and then the dialogue every that,
1: is extreme. It's basically yeah. a role playing game at this point. And honestly. That may not what people are looking for. And we shouldn't subvert their expectations necessarily. But what I'm saying is just go into this with an open mind. Understand they promised, and I believe them, they're going to update it. So maybe they can, you know, bang it out. And so at this point, Dying Light 2, I I would recommend it just cautiously.
0: Yeah. So speaking of games that are similar to Dying Light 2, we're going to skip this next on the list and come back to it in a minute. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West came out a couple days ago. Yeah, big game. Yeah, and I've been playing it. I'm uh, Going to review it. Have you played Breath of the Wild?
1: Have I? I did. Think, did you? Did I, I you play think. Immortal? I was going to say I could definitely say the developers of Dying Light two played Breath of the Wild. But,
0: they did. Um, uh, and you played Dying Light two. Did you play Immortals: Phoenix Rising? I pl- nobody played Immortals no Phoenix way. Rising.
1: Well, you played. You reviewed it. Yeah, um, I did.
0: I like it. It's actually a good game. Um. Did you play Genshin Impact? I played Genshin Impact. That was your point favorite is, game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. I do like Genshin Impact. I still play it. But I will point out that the similarities between all these games, I mean, we've all played at least one of these. The, the new Assassin's Creed are like this, Breath of the Wild is like this. It is one of these open world, run around, find the stuff, collect them, power Craft? up your character names. Crafting? Craft, crafting. Crafting. Yeah. Of course there's crafting. There's always well, I mean, ever since Minecraft came out, we've had we've had ad crafting in every game since like 2009. Like, come on, but that's what Horizon Forbidden West is like. Uh, Aloy is on another adventure, fighting the uh, fighting robots as she does. Uh, she has a paraglider now, uh, as does every character. And you run around, you do side quests, you collect stuff. I'm not gonna be able to tell you guys anything about Horizon Forbidden West without spoiling the plot, which is actually really good, a lot more interesting. Does than you she
1: might- still fight robot dinosaurs?
0: Yes. Okay,
1: that's all people uh, want to hear.
0: Uh, so I will spoil things slightly and say that she fights newer, more advanced, cooler robot dinosaurs. So please look forward to that. Uh, you see a lot of the stuff from the old world. This is what they call it, like the the golden age of technology, and that's probably the highlight of the game for me.
1: I gotta say, Sony doesn't have a lot of original content that they really press anymore. Like you yeah, said, remember
0: remember back when they tried to make a smash brothers clone and half of the characters had to be from other third parties
1: and this and and alloy herself as a character i think she's on by the way she's on the cover of vanity fair this month
0: i can't say i would have known about that but it is interesting it is
1: it's not my magazine but i know about that but but it's like nathan drake just appeared on what is he on pc now as well you know you have days gone you have god of war like Sony is slowly becoming a multi-platform publisher.
0: but Which I'm I'm all for.
1: But they're doing it very differently, where they still keep exclusivity for a couple years. And I think what you saw Horizon Zero Dawn come on PC last year, was it? Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's basically an advertisement for this game.
0: Yeah, and this game is rock solid. Again, I don't Mm -hmm. want to spoil too much. The game's limited out for a couple days. I will say, my favorite part of the new game, it's not the paraglider. That is cool. Uh, It's not the new skill system or the new combo attacks. It's a much better melee uh, it is the fact that one of your weapons, she just pulls out a glove and starts throwing saw blade boomerangs at things. <laughs> and you can catch the saw blades and throw them back, and uh, it's really great.
1: You know, some of the reviews have uh, mentioned this, and I just want to say this before we move on. This game is also available on PS4. Now, yeah. of course, they want you to play PS5. But what do you think, real quick? Here's my question sure. What do you think about Sony's resistance to make. PS5 exclusive games anymore.
0: Just to go ahead and preempt where the, I think you're going, I am pretty sure this probably would have been a PS5 exclusive if we weren't running into the chip shortage. I think that if PS5s were more readily available, well, then it would not have been on PS4.
1: It's actually quite the opposite. It's like... Think so? Where I was going to go with this is that the game was clearly designed for the PS4. Like... The frameworks of these games, the development cycle is such that this game was developed long, long ago, probably That's three, th- four th- years this ago. This
0: game was probably going into development like as yeah. the first one was releasing, if not sooner. Like,
1: when do you think we're going to get games that aren't possible on old hardware? Is what I'm saying. Like, a, a, like the Gran Turismo is well, coming out; it's still a PS4 game as well. One of
0: the one of the issues with that is that we have, by and large, explored a lot of what can be done in the video game space, and what we do these days is take things and refine them. Just looking at, you know, I'll spoil some of the stuff we're going to talk about in the future. Uh, Lost Ark, for instance. Lost Ark is a really enjoyable game. Mm -hmm. It is basically just Diablo. And that's because Diablo is good. People like playing Diablo. So we took Diablo, and we took a bunch of Amazon money, and Mm -hmm. money from Korea, and we made a version of Diablo that is, you know, newer, shinier, fun. People like it. Not going to play it forever, probably, but, you know. Um, Looking down further, Monarch. Monarch is basically just Persona or Caligula. Like, we have explored a lot of what can be done with games right now. And I think what it's going to take to change that up, and uh, I mentioned this on my podcast with Moses Norton from earlier this week, in, I think the pioneer that's going to change this up and help us explore you know, the space of gaming a bit more again is Nintendo, because that's what they tend to do. Remember back before the Wii came out, we couldn't conceptualize what the Wii Remote would do.
1: It would cause your flat-screen television to break.
0: Because <laughs> you'd fling it at the screen, right. Or with the Wii U and the Switch, which is basically just the Wii U 2, we couldn't really think of a system like that. By the way,
1: did you see they put out a PSA that the new upcoming Nintendo Sports will not work on the Switch Lite? And I think they did that because I think they're afraid of people throwing the Switches at TVs.
0: Um, I mean, those things are small. You could probably throw them pretty hard. I bet it would really screw up a TV. (laughs) It's crazy. Anyway, uh, but yeah, my point is that I think we're waiting for somebody to make a new big move so everybody can follow along with it because, I mean, Horizon Forbidden West, Dying Light 2, Immortal Phoenix Rising, Genshin Impact, Genshin Impact, one of the biggest revenue producers in the entire industry today. All of those, it looks back at Breath of the Wild. Yeah. it's Who would
1: have thought, though, really?
0: I'm not going to guarantee it'll be Nintendo that makes the next step, but we're waiting for somebody to make a next well, step. Well,
1: it does uh, lessen the argument that hardware alone makes games better. I mean, I mean, it's an old argument. I, you and I already know where we fall on this side, but it's not like right. you got a PlayStation Five, you need a PlayStation Five to play this game. That would be like going back to Dying Light. You need a PC to play Dying Light. No, you could play it on the Switch. Like, yeah. I mean, it may not look as good. Like uh, Horizon Forbidden West does not look as good as the PS Five, but it looks pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of it comes down to the degree of quality you want your experience to have. And I know that I, I especially am an outlier when it comes to what I expect from my games. I want the perfect experience. But there are a lot of people who are like, you know what? Um, I've bought the PS4 version. I own a PS4. It's slightly cheaper. It's what I played the first game on, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to point out with the PS4, PS5 thing, if you purchase the PS4 version of Horizon... I know
1: what you're going to say, yeah.
0: They would give you a free upgrade to the PS5 version for $10 less. This is the last game that we they, yeah. They've said this is the last game where this is going to happen. And people are like, oh, they're so evil. Sony are the worst for not doing this. And I'm just like... They basically advertise an exploit to their store and let you do it well, and didn't fix it.
1: No, no, I'll tell you why they did this. It's because there was a story that came out earlier this month that, I don't know if it's true, they said Sony was going to ramp up production of PlayStation 4 hardware. because really? Because they already announced in their earnings report that the PlayStation... They're slashing expected sales of PS5 in half. Like they expected, we can't make
0: enough of them? Is that what the... that,
1: That's what they're saying, yeah, because the, they, they blame it on the chip shortage, but it may not be that. So they're right. going to compensate. And they did this before, by the way. You remember with the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation mm-hmm. 3 did not was not selling, and so they kept making PlayStation 2s. And this is very similar. Is that I don't know if it's decreased demand. I, again, I don't want to divert too much. But if you look at mm-hmm. the sales charts in Japan, if you look around the world... PlayStation 5 software is not selling as well as it should be. Right. Like, you have sales dominated by Nintendo. Like, by a, what, a seven-year-old piece of hardware, mobile hardware, that's beating a $600 mega console? Funny,
0: funny story. Moses Norton and I talked about that in the podcast, too. Y'all should listen to it.
1: Well, you know, and we'll, we're going to get into like something like the Valve Steam Deck, where like the emphasis is not going to be on playing like <clears throat> Horizon Zero Dawn. It's going to be on playing... You know indie games, really. That's what it's really for. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have one
0: on pre-order, and that's exactly why I got it.
1: Exactly, and it's like. So, I mean, we can get into this or not, but, but at the end of the day, going forward, what you're saying is Horizon Forbidden West is an excellent game. It's probably pretty excellent on the PlayStation 4 as well, so you don't need to feel let out if you don't Yeah, like, a don't, don't
0: feel bad if you don't have a PS5. Like, you'll get one eventually, but for now, feel free to play this game. She has a glove that... She throws well, saw blades, and they come back like you, boomerangs, and it's you, so cool. Do you
1: know what's really ironic about this before we head out? 2017, Horizon Zero Dawn came out the same window as Breath of the Wild, right? and Breath of the Wild famously debuted on two consoles it was the Mm -hmm. wii u and the switch and because nintendo figured hey if you can't get it on switch get it on wii u sony put out a psa congratulating nintendo on the success of breath of the wild and here we are x amount of years later where sony is in the same situation they are releasing the sequel on two consoles
0: and horizon 2 hilariously plays a lot like breath of the wild go figure Uh, we can't spend forever though we gotta move on to the next game moving on I don't know that I have a lot to say about this next game, except for one thing you told me before the uh, before the <laughs> podcast started that kind of blew my mind. I know, um, I know what you're going to say. Sifu. <laughs> yeah. Sifu is a martial arts brawler. Um, it is extremely hard. Um, I've beaten all the Dark Soulses. I think I might need some more time to beat Sifu. Can, can we and say can... this?
1: Um, this was a game that was so hard that the publisher themselves had to issue an update because reviewers yes. could not play the game
0: <laughs> like so. it, it took me a solid three or four hours to beat the first boss this is a hard game however comma somebody on the pubs our staff is beating sifu yeah. and it's not me
1: and i'm gonna say this i'm sorry to embarrass you but our own senior editor uh chris mitchell who loves games more than most people i've ever met but like a lot of like like all of us is not as nimble as we used to be beat this game and <laughs> chris
0: mitchell beat sifu i i'm beat, gonna have to text him and ask him how
1: that's pretty that's pretty impressive so uh that would be like your grandmother uh, working out in the gym and bench pressing 300 pounds.
0: It's like, like bench pressing a semi. Yeah, like, good so, God, Sifu so, is really difficult. So for
1: Chris, slow clap. Like, that's impressive. I'm um, impressed. By the way, this game is also on old hardware as well. I, I looked at yeah. it. I I played the game myself. I haven't gotten far into it.
0: Because it looks, it's hard as hell. No,
1: but, but it looks great, but it also looks simple, which I kind of like.
0: But So they made a game prior to Sifu called uh, Absolver. Mm-hmm. Which um, had a very similar art style, kind of a low poly sort of thing, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, real solid game too, by the way. If you never played it, here's your chance. Uh, Sifu, really good brawler. Uh, be ready to get your butt kicked.
1: I, I would it, unless say...
0: you're Chris Mitchell, in which case I guess you well, kicked the game's butt. And
1: I want to say this: I don't want to go off on a divergent because I don't want to ruin it, ruin the, the mood. But a lot of the the coverage about this game came out about where it was made and who it was not made by. Mm-hmm. A lot of it had to do with cultural appropriation, this and that. You know, we saw the same exact BS with um, Ghosts of Tsushima.
0: I, I was about to say, I want to go back to Ghost of Tsushima real quick, and we're going to talk about yeah. that very briefly because, you know, we don't get into this stuff usually. Yeah. But I will say, Ghosts of Tsushima was made by probably not the people. of white people. Usual a, lot suspect, of yeah. a lot of white people made Ghost of Tsushima, which the yep. usual suspects found very upsetting. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the island of Tsushima, this, their, yeah. go, their government. Name the developers of Ghost of Tsushima like VIPs, like persons of honor on the island with everything they've done.
1: Ghost of Tsushima, a massive bestseller in Japan. Japan yeah. loves Ghost of Tsushima. They love this interpretation of
0: it. They, they, we love it here. They love it a lot more there. Everybody loves Ghost of Tsushima. So the people who are throwing a fit, I guess that goes right in their faces then, doesn't it? But we're not going to get into that. Well, um,
1: exactly. It's like, is the game good?
0: Yeah, That's the it. game is excellent. Yeah. Seafood yes. is excellent. Ghost of Tsushima is excellent, and I think more and more we're seeing things like this happen, where you know everybody raises a big stink over Ghost of Tsushima, and then actual government of Tsushima is like, "You guys are great. We love you. Here, have the keys to the city, or whatever, or whatever they called it." Moving on from there, we talked about Lost Ark very briefly. It is uh, a new Diablo-style game with MMO components. It's being published by Amazon Games, but it's actually not developed by them, which is good because their games die horrible deaths.
1: Well, this uh, is um. The story behind this game is interesting, though, sure. only because Amazon uh, is trying very desperately to get into the gaming sphere. They got their Luna st- cloud streaming service. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be an actual game published by them. But something happened along the way and plans got shifted and the game finally the, came this, out.
0: Yeah, the story of Lost Ark is very long and complex and I can't even say yeah. I know it all. I know that for a, it's been out since, I think, 2019 in Korea. And I think since then, if you wanted to play it, you had to do some weird, goofy stuff where you could play the Russian version. But now it's here, it's in English. So, I will mention it's a again big that
1: hit. Not, it's hugely yeah. successful.
0: Oh yeah, people love it. I've been playing it a lot myself, yeah. honestly. It's very fun. But one thing I want to point out is that this this game is published by Amazon and it it's not developed by Amazon. And if we want to think about games developed by Amazon, please look at New World. Have you played it? Of course you haven't. Did you play Crucible? No, I heard of it though. Did you do you know why you didn't play Crucible? Was it banned? Because they did not even bring it out. They put it on early access, it did so poorly, they didn't even release it.
1: Well, Amazon I think Amazon's attempting to do with exactly what they did with Hollywood and which mm-hmm. which worked for them. Whereas instead of going out like Netflix and necessarily creating their own content, they would just buy studios. Like people forget. Amazon bought the James Bond franchise. They own James Bond now. They took it they right. took it away. Is the,
0: Is the new one any good?
1: I haven't seen it, but we did a movie podcast which you can listen to, Yink Wink. Our own Christian Sterling, our Australian superstar. He mm-hmm. said it was one of his favorite movies of last year.
0: Okay, I might have to check it out. Yeah. But yeah, um, you know, without getting stuck on tangents, Lost Ark. Really good game. You can play it for free if you want. People complain that it's pay to win. It probably is. That never bothered me. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend taking a look. Another game that we're going to talk about. Now, I actually, I want to talk, a, like tie this into one of the difficulties of being a game reviewer. Mm-hmm. Which I think I mentioned a bit ago, and it's the fact that, you know, as somebody who does review and play a lot of games, you don't really get to necessarily spend as much time with every single thing you touch as you might want to. And that's the problem I encountered when I was reviewing The King of Fighters fifteen. mm mm-hmm. uh, this is a really deep complicated fighting game. I would need to spend weeks to give the kind of like really deep dive review that this game deserves. <laughs>
1: Can I say this? I actually picked up a copy afterwards mm-hmm. and I beat the game on hard the very first time I played it.
0: Oh, yeah, no. I and that's
1: that's what I'm saying. So it might be deep and complex, which it is, right? Well, I was all for fighting games, but it's not it's not Sifu. <laughs> it's not hard. Yeah,
0: I actually beat the game as well with the, your final boss is your weird... Yeah. Like She's got like a gym hair and she multiple, beat you up with multiple
1: it. Multiple forms and yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a good game. It's such a good game that I want to spend more time with it. Uh, we don't typically do re-reviews on Pop Zara because honestly stuff comes out constantly. We just don't have the time. But this is the kind of game that has enough going on that I would definitely consider you, that if I could.
1: You did the same thing with Street Fighter V where right. you actually took a second look at it because like games like Street Fighter V or No Man's Land... They become so no man's dr- sky. No man's sky. Sorry, uh, they become so drastically different and changed. And I guess some expect dying light was a little bit like this too. Yeah. Is that games take a while to get where they need to be? That's just how it is now, and that's yeah. not a bad thing.
0: Like I'm, you know, people complain about it. They complain about things like oh, having big day <laughs> one patches or having to install your games. And I'm thinking to myself, back in the day when I was young, if a game came out and it sucked, it was always going to suck. Uh, You would never have these, you know, rags to riches stories, I guess you might think of them as, like with No Man's Sky, which was maybe one of the worst games I ever played back when it first came out. Mm -hmm. Now it's one of the better games I've ever played because they did so much to it.
1: It's really impressive. How are they going to fit that game on the Switch?
0: It is mostly procedurally generated. So, in fact, I don't really think it needs a lot from the hardware.
1: Well... I remember back in 2019, before the pandemic, Cats came out. You know, the CG Cats. Oh,
0: dear, with Jason Derulo.
1: Yeah, and well, minus his distinguishing feature, uh, yes. if you know what I mean. But the problem is, is that that movie was famous because it was famously patched in the theater. Like, right. they, they issued an upgrade to the CG. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, lordy, lordy, they are not doing the movies what they did to games. But
0: and I, and I don't think this is a bad thing. It's like we were just saying, like, games that are released now, they tend to come out in pretty good shape most of the time. And then they get better.
1: Let me say this, though. Back in the old days when you had cartridges, when that was it, you bought the game, that was it. It had bugs, that was it. You're stuck with Mm -hmm. it. There was one side effect of that crap. If you paid money for a game that you were stuck with, you couldn't just say, oh, screw it, I'll want my money back or whatever, or patch it up. You played it. And you got used to the game's bugs. You got used to its quirks, and you worked around it. And that's why I think so many games that you and I would consider crap are beloved, because that's all we had. Like. How right. many people beat Batman and Robin on the Genesis or Battletoads? I mean,
0: th- think back to it. Games didn't come out as often as they did. There were fewer platforms. A lot of us were kids back then. We couldn't afford to do more than a rent a game over a weekend. And if you exactly. rented a game and it was bad, that's what you played. Exactly. I mean, that's just how it is. Anyway, um, moving on to more stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Total War Warhammer Three. They sent me a review code for this. Spoiler alert. Are we allowed to say that these days? I, we get a whole lot of these review embargoes Well, it's, I mean, say, it's.
1: I mean, you can say it to sort of cred yourself up a little bit, but. PopZara, as a website, we do get review codes a lot, and sometimes yeah, we so do, I, sometimes of, we don't.
0: I mention it because a lot of these review embargoes these days explicitly state you are not allowed to say you got a code for X, which, eh. Anyway, that's, I'm, that's neither here nor there. Total War Warhammer 3, latest in a long-running, very popular series. Again, one of those games that I would need to devote like several months of my life to, based on what I've seen so far. I'm a big Warhammer fan, but I'm mostly a Warhammer 40k <laughs> fan. Are you familiar <laughs> with that franchise at all?
1: I am familiar with the board game version of it. Um, okay, I yeah. know, I know it. I know it's vast, and I know it's epic.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what we have here. What we have here is basically a combination of kind of a strategy RPG, uh, grand strategy you're talking, and a more tactical thing where you know you get down on the battlefield, do units, control them, move them around, fight, and so on and so forth. I'm going to review this, and I'm excited to do that. But I will be the first person to say I'm not the person to teach you how to play this. Um, um,
1: real quick though, isn't Total War and Warhammer those are disparate franchises on their own though, aren't they?
0: Uh, they, yeah, they, well, I mean, they were at one point, but now they're kind of a, really associated with each other because of how well the first yeah. Total War Warhammer went.
1: But there are Total War games that are
0: not Warhammer, correct? There are. Like, recently we saw, uh, Rome, was it Rome? Yeah, yeah, Rome Rome 2, so on and so forth, uh, Three Kingdom was another one, uh, Troy. So, yeah, I mean, these are two great franchises that really work out together, it f- um, it's...
1: It feels what? like, it feels like what we're gonna talk about with the next game on the list. It's the same situation.
0: That's true. It's very true. Next game, speaking of which, we'll go ahead and do it now. Uh, Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires. And uh, let me tell you, my character in this game is Alfonso Deegan. He is a crusty, hard-boiled detective who was recruited by the generals of China, and now he's stealing their wives and beating up their foes, uh, because that's the kind of game where you do this. You basically... Get to be your own Dynasty Warriors character. It's the latest in this kind of uh, create your own dude series, a subseries <laughs> of Dynasty Warriors games.
1: But it still beat up thousands and thousands and thousands. Oh,
0: oh yeah, no, my yeah. dude has nunchucks, and it's 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 a massacre. <laughs> Isn't
1: there? Um, well, like I said, the Koei Tecmo, they they farm this this franchise out though. Like you, they have things like Nintendo has their Zelda version. There's uh, what what's the other? thing nintendo has with this it's um uh fire emblem fire emblem which i think they just said out oh, a new one there's yeah there's all sorts of different there's even the movie which we talked about before that you actually love that's yeah,
0: really the new, silly the dynasty warriors movie is actually really excellent <laughs> but yeah this is a rock solid game and have a lot of fun playing I expect the review soon will point out that this has much more of kind of a focus on grand strategy and such than you might expect from this sort of game unless you're a long-running fan of the franchise so be ready to, you know, use your brain a little and not just hit people with your nunchucks. So you do a lot of that, too. <laughs> following funny. up from yeah, following up from that, uh, Monarch, which is a game I reviewed a couple days ago. And I don't know if that if that's up yet, but um, I liked it. Monarch is the latest from you, uh, and they are known for the Caligula Effect games, which um, if you've ever played the more modern Persona series, which, you know, you're not a big anime fan, so I don't really think you have, but I'll talk. I'll speak to them. Uh, you're a high schooler high school is under attack by demons, you have to (laughs) defeat them, etc., etc. If you're you're even looking at playing Monarch, you know what kind of game this is. You know know if you're going to like it or not.
1: I was talking to a friend the other day about this. How much... Have you ever noticed how much modern anime is about high schoolers defending themselves? Like, it doesn't matter, like, a bunch of high schoolers are piloting mechas or a bunch of high schoolers defending themselves from ghosts or a bunch of high schoolers have to defend oh, yeah. themselves I mean, from you know giants. The, you know the
0: reason, right? I mean over in uh, in Japan, once you become an adult, I mean you're locked into the life of a salaryman for the rest of your life. But when you're, a high, yeah, when you're a <laughs> high schooler, the world is open and free and also you fight demons. Point being, uh, Monarch is one of those games that we can't get into too much in the podcast because it has to mm-hmm. spoil the story and so on and so forth. But I will say it's very good for what it is really interesting plotline that only gets better if you stick with it. It's got four branching paths. You'll spend about 60 to 80 hours finishing it all. So if you're into it, give it a shot. So two games that I don't know that we could speak to especially well. The first one really blew our mind when we were looking at it before the podcast. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Who, who the hell knows what Crossfire X is?
1: <laughs> so nobody. That's well, unless you're no. in unless you're in Korea.
0: So I've worked with you for years, and I've uh-huh. worked with again Moses Norton for years. And one of the things that I notice is that typically I will know these more obscure games, whereas you guys might not, because you have to look at the big picture. You guys are managing writers, you're editing stories, you're posting things, you're dealing with the with the press. Uh, sorry, the PR people. Um, you got a lot going on. You don't have the time to know about every single game. I don't. I live a boring existence. I know every game. What the hell is Crossfire X though? I've never heard of it.
1: Well, I think the long end of the story is that it's a cheap pickup for Microsoft to be a quote unquote exclusive. And as far as the game itself goes, I think you were um, comparing. It's free to play multiplayer, isn't it?
0: It, so. it looks a it looks a lot like Counter Strike or one of the more modern based Call of Duty games. I think. And here's the weird thing about this: um, we talk about a game like that, and you would think it would be on PC. You'd think so. It's not.
1: Um, was, it the, fact, was it Was it originally on PC in Korea though?
0: I I've. I do not know even a little. I wouldn't be surprised. Look, you are you a, are like revealing
1: way too much. The listeners expect you to know everything about and normally, everything.
0: Normally, I'm confident that they should expect I would know everything. But this is one of the very unusual cases where I'm like, I've never heard of this game in my life. I was thinking it was some that guy.
1: Right. Some guy. I know it's a guy. Listening mm-hmm. right now is like professionals. Don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Like yeah. like. Okay. <laughs> put, you got it. You got protocols. the one. You got Puts the one.
0: quote game journalist. You journalist. Know,
1: like, <laughs> they don't even know
0: what... Duh. So, but yeah, yeah so I know, looked into Crossfire X will... a little bit. Turns out you can only play it right now on an Xbox. I think it's an Xbox Series X or S. Um, and I have it downloading as we speak, in
1: fact. Well, it's a little confusing because the website says it's also on cloud gaming. So but we
0: discovered that it's not, It's apparently.
1: not. So, fibs?
0: <laughs> like, yeah, so I... I guess I'll have to come back and report maybe on our next state of gaming if this game is any good or what it even is uh, or what you do or eh. well, uh, anyway yeah uh, on the stuff that we do know
1: about one more uh, right? is it the last one
0: yeah this is the last one okay um, on the stuff that we do know about Elden Ring which is the latest it's we're gonna say it's not a Dark Souls game but it totally is I mean Sekiro that was a Dark Souls game this is a Dark Souls game well it's uh, a, Elden Ring it's
1: What's that? it's like Dynasty Warriors in a way it's like this is from software they create this template and. It it says Sekiro, it's ninjas, it's samurai, it's still the fundamental basics of Dark Souls. Yeah, like
0: basically, if you like Dark Souls, pretty good chance you're gonna like Elden Ring. Uh, Elden Ring, interestingly, written by the guy who wrote A Song of Ice and Fire.
1: You talking about Mister George R R Martin? I'll never finish Game of Thrones.
0: That's the guy. Had believe he wrote the story for Elden
1: Ring. You know, he's got a history with video games too. If you ever look him up, he's he crosses paths with those things, but. My thing is, uh, who is the developer of this? Not not the developer from Software, but who is the actual producer of this game? Because I
0: who is the producer of Elden Ring? No, take I,
1: I want to bring something up that I was surprised. Uh, here it is, uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki. So I actually saw them using his name mm-hmm. on the advertising for this game.
0: Uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, who worked yeah. on most of the Armored Core games, looks like worked on Sekiro, Obviously, worked on Dark Souls three, two, Bloodborne, Bloodborne Demon's Souls. He worked on all of them, really.
1: Well, the last time I saw a Japanese developer actually with their name on top of a marquee game mm-hmm. uh, was our 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 best friend. Um, oh, what's his name? Hideo Kojima. And you know, you never see things like Shigeru Miyamoto, right, or right. or Shinji Mikami on Resident Evil, but you. This is interesting. They're using his name, and I, I think that's a, a good step forward. Whenever you see this sort of thing, like I I like seeing producers and developers associated with their products.
0: As long as it doesn't devolve into like dev worship, which was a serious issue, yes. a
1: solid five ten years well, ago, then yeah, I'm cool with it. I I brought up Japanese right because right. now English and American developers they do this all the time. They like oh you know Alice McGee's like nobody cares uh, American McGee. American McGee, yeah, sorry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alice McGee. American McGee, Alice McGee. Um, uh, who's the guy? John Romero's daikatana, like, Who? like you designed levels Think. in Doom, and yep. now your name is on top, like you're Steven Spielberg, like right? I hate to say it, whenever I saw that, that usually meant the game was going to stink.
0: Yep. You know what games don't stink though? Hmm. The ones over here on the NPDs now. Real quick, before we get into this, I'll say two things. The first of these things is don't listen to these numbers with anything but the biggest (laughs) grain of salt. They are reported by the publishers themselves. I'm sure they can lie if they want to. Second off, shockingly, this month, because usually we just get straight into, you know, the big list. But one thing I do want to mention, uh, a lot of games coming out on Steam these days, and they're doing extremely well. One thing that our buddy Matt Piscatella mentions, Monster Hunter Rise is number three on the charts in January. In mm-hmm. December, number ninety four.
1: Yeah, well, because it, Well, because it was a switch game, right? A switch now,
0: I, I will say that it's kind of weird that they uh, they they kind of mix both of these sales together. I guess it makes sense because it's the same game, but that still seems a little bit uh, a little bit like cheating to me. But still, it just proves people they, do like they cheat, like playing PC games.
1: They cheat when they want to. Uh, we have to like. I, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but we we had that altercation with NPD at one point when they. They didn't want us making the distinction between Mario Kart 8, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but there was a distinction. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's strange, and we don't pick and choose winners in here. We just look at the numbers and say, that's that's fantastic. Exactly.
0: Um, Speaking of doing exactly that, uh, Mario Kart is on the list, by the way, we'll get to it. Uh, let's go ahead and go up the list, shall
1: Uh Real quick, though, I was just looking, uh, what was the total number, what was the what was the percentage change from last month? We, we never talk about that
0: percentage change of what sales
1: yeah sales is it um oh okay
0: down consumer spending went down a little bit which that's not surprising i mean you're comparing it to uh december you know
1: well i was gonna say it's mostly has to do with hardware acquisition i think oh um... no i'm sorry
0: that was down from a year ago okay that makes sense and that's hardware acquisition it's you know the the supply chain issues and so on and so forth i'm not surprised
1: let's get into it so let's talk about the top 20 starting from number 20
0: and honestly there's not a whole lot of new stuff on here uh we'll get to them when we get to them but most Mm -hmm. of these are familiar names uh Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, number 20. Number 19, Smash Ultimate, of course. Eighteen is Halo Infinite. Um, again, this set, the fact that this gets so many sales, despite being on Game Pass, where you don't have to buy it.
1: Same with uh, the next game on the list as well. With
0: Forza Horizon 5, absolutely. Uh, number 16, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Still can't play it. Reminds me of the bad days of the pandemic. Uh, number 15, Mario Party at Superstars. Uh, number 14, NBA 2K22. Sports game, don't know the first thing about it. Uh, Number 13 is Minecraft, which of course applies to numerous platforms, numerous versions of the game, and again, another game that's on Game Pass. You don't have to buy this, and yet here we are. Mm -hmm. Number 12, Far Cry 6, you know, did you remember? Uh, Ubisoft has a Game Pass as well.
1: They have a Uplay is coming, is it Uplay?
0: It's a, I think it's called Uplay Plus. Plus?
1: I heard that's coming to uh, Game Pass.
0: Is that yeah, true? It's, funny you should, you know, it's funny you should mention that. We're going to talk yeah. about that in just a second, actually. Number 11, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. We reviewed that a while ago. Solid set of games. Number 10, Battlefield 2042. I've heard this is not so solid. I've not played it.
1: It's interesting because the game's got a lot of after controversy, and it looks like there have been stories that EA is blaming the pandemic, and they're blaming Halo, and they're blaming everything. But the fact of the matter is, if you really expected something out of this franchise at this point, it's your so, fault.
0: I, I will I'll – t- I'll throw them one bone. I will say Halo Infinite's free multiplayer came out like the day before Battlefield did uh, yeah. out of nowhere. Nobody expected it. So they did get kind of blindsided. But I think in this industry, you have to learn to expect things like that.
1: It feels like EA is at the point where they took a very popular franchise, and they, they didn't evolve it in a way it should have been. And they're right. sitting there watching their competitors, even new upstarts. Like surpassed them in relevance, and I think that's yeah, so, like
0: Crossfire X, whatever yeah, that is.
1: Cross, yeah, but I'm just saying, you look at Fortnite, you look at Call of Duty Warzone, you look at any of these other games, and you know EA was in a position to join them, and they lapsed. And I think yeah, that's that's a problem. That's what happened.
0: More important, well, I guess more importantly, hard to say. uh You asked if Game, if Ubisoft Connect or whatever is coming to Game Pass. Yeah. Now, I don't know if the whole thing is, but I will say. You can get yourself a copy of Rainbow Six Extraction, which is number nine on this list, by connecting your Ubisoft account and your Microsoft account somehow. Um, I've done it.
1: It was weird, difficult, but I've done it. Well, speaking of EA, though, they do something similar with Game Pass, that if you have Game Pass, uh, at least the right version, you can connect your EA, whatever they called it, their EA Play, whatever, Mm because they had a competitive version. And you get access to most of the games, but it's – it's it's not as seamless as you would have thought. Like you, you get it's access, not. It's, yeah,
0: I actually hadn't done this until recently. I want to say even like last week, and you have to actually use their new app to access their game. Oh. so someone like you can get it pretty close to seamless, but
1: um, and full disclosure, it doesn't have all like the EA the EA games on Game Pass, and I wonder if this is Ubisoft. Well, like they don't have all the features. They don't always have cloud save. Like it's just it's 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 a nice handshake, but it's not quite right. there yet.
0: Like it's cool that you get him for certain, but it could be better, and I'm sure it yeah. will be in future. Number eight is Mario Kart eight, uh, which I guess also means Mario Kart eight Deluxe. Sorry, NPD. Yay. Uh, number seven, FIFA twenty two. Number six is Spider Man Miles Morales. I'm not surprised that's doing well given the popularity of the most of the recent Spider Man film.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, um, mm-hmm. first pandemic film to pass a billion dollars. Very very. Fun. Have you seen it yet?
0: Uh, I've not though. Everybody I've everybody I know tells me this one's really good.
1: Have you? Do you know the
0: well, the premise okay. is, yeah, the premise is the different Spider-Man all show up. In fact, I think we had the same conversation on the last episode of the okay, show.
1: Well, well, I just want to be clear because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen a billion-dollar movie. But mm-hmm. uh, the character, Miles Morales, I, I wonder when he's going to join the cinematic MCU.
0: I would suspect as soon as possible given how much money those sh- uh, movies make. Yeah. Speaking of things making money uh, and being very expensive to create uh god of war from 2018 is number five this month and it is there as mentioned because it got a steam release Um,
1: exactly this is a steam release version of this game
0: have you played this game before
1: uh i want to say this i'm actually playing the pc version but it is a slog for me i'm gonna be honest with you You don't like it really i do not like god of war 2018 i'll tell you why Wow. because i'm not the biggest god of war fan can we just say that but sure. I understand the game came out in 2018, and all mm-hmm. of its following things. But I am at a point where there is something to be said about too. What is the word I'm looking for? Speaking of Hideo Kojima, too much theatrical envy, and it feels like this. Game, ah, you're
0: you're saying this game really wants to be a movie.
1: Um, it wants to be a movie, but it, the psychology in the game is so poorly written. Like, it feels like it was written by people who don't understand how fathership works and how mm. and how family works, and it's it's. You know, we talk about this, and maybe it's a relic of its time, but so many PlayStation games have this motif of even even your Horizon Zero Dawn has this. I motif. mean,
0: this is a lot of this is because The Last of Us, the original one, did really well, and they're exactly. kind of riding on those coattails. Oh. I mean, really, what The Last of Us Two teaches us is that being a good dad is all about playing golf. I,
1: I'll say, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Winning at golf, but no winning um, at golf. There but uh, go. but what I was saying is like you know, I think PlayStation uh, Sony made a calculation. They said. We have an entire generation of males who grew up playing our PlayStation. They now have children of their own. Let's make sad and weepy things for them. Well, and,
0: I mean, they still. I wouldn't even say sad, weepy things. I would say let's make games so they can still see themselves. You know, like they saw themselves in the machismo of the heroes from back in the day. Now we have Kratos, who is still pretty macho, but he also has a kid to look after. So I'm
1: I'm playing the game, and by the way, I'm not a big fan. I was never a big fan of the old God of War games either, which just mash, 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 but. Right. Uh, it looks great on the PC. It, it does. Looks, it, it looks
0: great. Runs really well. Yeah, Days Gone did too. I mean, something about Sony and their PC ports. I don't know how they do it, but they're, it's wonderful.
1: Well, again, the, well, the game is frameworked for a console, so I, I think they, I think Sony purchased the company that actually mm-hmm. does the ports or does the manages the software. I don't know the name of it off top, but sure. they're they're committed to this. Like Sony's committed to making PC games that are good, and I got to compliment them for that. And.
0: I will say, even 10 years ago, you would be a, you, it would be reasonable for you to be a bit worried that one of these games is, gonna out, what is going to come out on PC and it would run like complete poop. That does not um, really happen. Actually, I, I,
1: I actually think you're wrong. Really? I think 10 years ago, you would have never dreamed that Sony would ever release a game ah, on the PC. Like,
0: you're absolutely like, right.
1: Like, honestly... The only one that makes exclusive games now is Nintendo. Like everybody yeah. else makes multi platform. You got Microsoft going to, you know, they own everything. Sony's making their Nathan Drakes and Gran Turismo's. But no, you think Nintendo's going to put Breath of the Wild on PC? It's not going to happen.
0: Absolutely not. But we'll talk about Nintendo no. a little bit more here in like two yeah. seconds. First off, Madden NFL 22 is a sports game. It's number four. Number three, <clears throat> Monster Hunter Rise. I actually reviewed this twice. Yeah. I reviewed it on the Switch and on PC. And. This is one of those games, man, that really wanted to be on PC from the start, and now mm-hmm. that it's there, it's night and day. It's a wonderful well, game on PC.
1: I've never played either version of this game, but I did go back to our good buddies over at Digital Foundry, who, mm-hmm. like a broken clock, they, you know, their their obsessiveness is good once in a while, but mm-hmm. um, even they had to say that the PC port of this makes the Nintendo version almost look better by comparison, because... You look at this game that was developed for the Switch, right? Right. And then it comes to PC, and you'd expect this monstrous. I know, I know, you're going to say it's great and everything. And I agree with you, mm-hmm. but it's like at the end of the day, it's it's still pretty good on its original platform.
0: I think with the, yeah, I think the point you're trying to make is mostly that the fact that it's on Switch at all and does as well as it does at all is very impressive, and you're not you're not wrong.
1: It's just we don't normally see this go this way. It's usually games come to Switch, and it's a miracle they run at all but this right. game was a game that was developed for hardware that is significantly less than the PC.
0: Uh, the Switch is a tablet from like half a decade ago. It is exactly. impressive. Yeah. Well,
1: it just it makes you want, it makes you think about the commitment like Capcom cuz I think this game was developed on the RE engine
0: mm-hmm. and
1: which was developed for Xbox, you know, 1 and PlayStation 4. Yes. And it it lets you know how good that engine actually runs if it can if it can run a game this well on the Switch. Of course yep. this like you know this game is going to run better on the PC. You know this. It's right. It's less a miracle than it would be But, had it but been the, the fact that around.
0: you get what you do on the Switch at all is really cool. And yeah, you're yeah. right about
1: that. And you know, and like I said, uh if this game is on Steam, then I guess you should be able to play it on your Steam Deck when it comes out. The
0: Steam Deck, which we will get to in just yeah. a moment. Number two is Call of Duty Vanguard, maybe also will run your Steam Deck, not sure, hopefully. <laughs> uh number one well we just talked about nintendo number one is pokemon legends arceus which uh you know moses norton and i did a podcast about this one earlier this week you should listen to that mm-hmm. um really solid and impressive game very divisive amongst the fan base but the fan base aren't the ones who are spending all this money on it so
1: i read somewhere that this game has already sold over 7 million copies like I, yeah, this
0: is yeah one of the best-selling games i think ever
1: well I- like this game came out of the blue in a because I think the Pokemon games are sort of uh they're taken as a given for Nintendo. They're going mm-hmm. because normally they're Pokemon like what you got, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Like mm-hmm. they're just port supports, let's be honest. But this yeah. is a entirely new triple A developed game by Nintendo that
0: Again, very similar to Breath of the Wild.
1: Very similar to Breath of the Wild, but it, again, I'm not speaking from experience here, but just looking at it. It takes the franchise, and it does something unique with it. And every and yep. almost every time you do that, there's going to be people who are disrupted. That's just how it yeah, goes. That is
0: how it is. But before we talk any more about that, let's not worry about that. Let's move on, because there's a whole different podcast you can listen to for this game.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, We will put notes in the notes for you that uh, Corey and his good friend Moses from – what is it? the, the What w- website
0: is that? It's, it's d-pixels.com is his site.
1: Yeah, it's fine. We'll, you, we'll give you a link so you don't even need to think about it. But yep. so, but basically, this is a huge, huge, huge release. That means Nintendo has another hit on their hands. The Switch has more life. And yeah, this is... By the way, did you hear that the the Switch last month outsold, finally outsold the Nintendo Wii?
0: Really? That's yeah, something. Because uh, man, if you, if you guys don't remember, back in the, the heady days yeah. of 2007, man, you, your grandma had a Wii.
1: Well, well, when Nintendo announced their new sports game, I actually thought they made a mistake. I was, I'm a big fan of Wii Sports. I don't know if you were... But I I'm a huge fan you it. Is, oh really. yeah. I mean honestly the game is simple but that's why I like it. It's got a sequel coming out, but Nintendo's calling it uh, Switch Sports. I wish they had just called it Nintendo Sports because that's what it used to be called on the NES. Yes. But Indeed. um but yeah, just call it Nintendo Sports because that's yeah. what it is. So Let's talk
0: about a few random things real quick by the way. Okay. For.
1: So this is our everything else section where we're just going to briefly go over uh-uh. all the other we're going to scrape the bottom of the barrel about what else is going on. So let's just talk this out.
0: Gotcha. First off, here is the industry consolidating even further. Uh, Last month, we saw Microsoft purchase Activision Blizzard. Uh, This month, Sony has purchased Bungie. I think I know who got got the better deal, and it's (laughs) Microsoft.
1: Well, it's really ironic, isn't it? Because uh, Microsoft used to own Bungie.
0: Because uh, Halo came from Bungie originally.
1: Well, I know that... uh, Doesn't Bungie have a new... uh... Destiny out this month.
0: Yeah, they have a new uh, expansion pack for Destiny 2 coming out, I think, on the 22nd. So, I mean, if you like Destiny, you really like Destiny. That's not uncommon. But I will say Activision Blizzard has a much bigger portfolio to do stuff with. Uh, what this tells me is that we might be seeing some different franchises from Bungie sooner or later.
1: Well, is Destiny one of those same games like uh, No Man's Sky and Street Fighter that got better over the years? That they uh,
0: I now? would... I'm gonna probably draw a lot of ire from our good pal Ben Crossman over there at Computer America because I know he loves Destiny. I will say I don't feel like Destiny changed much at all from when it initially launched. They added more stuff to it. It's still pretty much the same game.
1: It's 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 been like for it's been it's been it's been uh, tossed around, hasn't it? Because it was supposed to be this huge, ambitious, like genre changing thing, and those ambitions kind of went by the wayside.
0: I will tell you, the biggest thing for me with Destiny is when I was playing the very first game and I picked up a rare item. It was a purple. I mean, you don't even play RPGs much, I don't think. And you know that a purple item is really exciting. It is. Um, You take the purple item, you go and get it identified so you can use it. Destiny is the only game I've ever played where your items can be downgraded into worse items from the act of identifying them so you can use them.
1: I will say this: um, the developer of Popsar, one of our web developers, um, mm-hmm. to help celebrate, uh, you know, a, a relaunch a couple of years ago. Yep. We actually helped him build. He was a Mac guy, so he was coming from MacWorld, of course. And he really, really, really wanted to play Destiny, and he didn't have an Xbox. He didn't have anything. He can't play it on Mac, so sure. we we helped him build a kick-ass gaming PC, and Oof. he comp- and so he could play Destiny. That's why he got it. Right. And uh, he's been converted ever since. I think he's full PC now. Just because of Destiny.
0: You know, I kind of am down on the game, as I just said. But I will say again, the people who like Destiny really, really like it. So I'm excited for them on the 22nd. I think it's called The Witch Queen is uh, their new expansion.
1: Yeah, there was some some talk, I think, from uh, people we know, uh, we've associated with, that said that Sony paid too much for Bungie. But, yeah, this is not the Bungie of Halo. By the way, this is the bungee of Destiny, which is a different right. bungee. So and
0: I as mentioned, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some non-Destiny stuff come out of Bungie out that they've got that Sony money behind them. However, comma, there's more to talk about. We yes. have now, this is a little bit iffy. What we have written on the notes here is that the Steam Deck releases February 2022. Yeah. Um, I will say that I don't know anybody who's gotten theirs yet. I put I put in my pre-order and uh, a year ago or so. I think that's when they started putting up the reservations out. And um, mine currently says that I will receive my Steam Deck, or I guess better, to put it better, have the chance to put in my order to receive my Steam Deck after quarter two, 2022. So I I don't even know if I'll have it by December.
1: So, I, I, I don't even have to ask, but I will. Which version are you getting?
0: The super-duper fancy one. My
1: thought, <laughs> and I
0: I say this in every time, every time this comes up. I'll say it before, I'll say it again. I think if you're going to spend a lot of money on something, you probably want to, you know, go all the way. I I think that with something like the Steam Deck where it's definitely a luxury piece, if you're already buying a luxury piece, you might as well go as far as you can go with it. That's just how I feel. But as you said earlier, I'm not buying this thing with the intention of playing, you know, these big AAA releases on. I'm buying because I think it'll be cool to have something to play Dead Cells on that is better than Switch.
1: I think that's pretty much it. And I think a lot of games are, are anticipating this because a lot of games that are available on Steam and Nintendo system, have cloud saving, and I think there's yes. a lot of interplay between the two, and I think mm-hmm. they know this. I think they know this.
0: I will say, uh, there's a lot of dumbness that comes out of the game's industry commentary these days, but I think mm-hmm. one of the dumbest was back when we were trying to compare the Steam Deck and the Switch.
1: Yeah. I mean, like,
0: it's, no, not it's, even close. It's
1: dumb, but they are similar, but not in the ways they made the argument. Yeah. Like, they are, okay, they're both mo- mobile, they're both this, but that's not what they really have in common. Like, that's right. not the, the gist of it.
0: Anyway, moving off from that. This kind of surprised me. I didn't remember this was a thing until somebody mentioned it in a random <laughs> chat that I'm in. Uh, there is a Cuphead TV show out on Netflix.
1: We're all big friends of Cuphead here. Can we just say that? Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: we beat the tutorial, man. It was it was tough. We got there.
1: Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. He's our, he's our <laughs> friend. Uh, but I will say this, though. Cuphead, Cuphead. On Netflix, right? So mm-hmm. Netflix likes making video game stuff.
0: The quality of these things does tend to vary a bit. you know. Yeah. I've always said that you know, if you hear that something's going to be a Netflix original, you've got to you know, moderate your expectations a bit. Like that Cowboy Bebop uh, thing that came out a little bit ago.
1: Um, I want to talk about Cowboy Bebop, not because of the anime part, because it, one of our news stories, we're going to be talking about the Halo series. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just bookmark it, but Netflix just announced they're doing a Bioshock movie. Ooh boy! Yay! And they also did the Castlevania series. They do a lot of stuff and talk about varying quality. That's the bad quality. But uh, no, we'll see what happens. Uh, I yeah, will uh, watch the Cuphead
0: the... show for the record. Uh, solid like mid two thousands cartoon fare. If you liked the Flash era of like Cartoon Network, you like the Cuphead show. It's what's,
1: um, what's the humor like?
0: Um, it's slapstick. It it really like pays homage to the old cartoons that inspired Cuphead to begin with, which. You know, you could show it – it is a show for kids. Like, it's not – which is weird because I'll read reviews of it and be like, oh, you know, it's not really aiming to for the players of the original game. I'm like, first off, <laughs> who played the original game? I think it's for everybody, really.
1: It's hard, though. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's hard by modern standards.
0: Yeah. But I feel like you could give it to a kid and they'll figure it out. You know, they'll they, enjoy oh, it.
1: kids will definitely – kids are better than adults at games. But uh, – Yeah. Can I just say this? It reminds me of this. I love Cuphead. I love the F- MC Fleischer style. I do I'm a huge fan of the game. But I'll say this: Have you ever heard of a toy from the 1980s called Madballs? I do. Okay. The cr- I was talking to her. I was talking to. I, uh, I have. Rather, sorry. Okay. I was talking to Chris Mitchell before the show. We were talking about crazy stuff from the 80s, and mm-hmm. we were talking about the Freddy Krueger talking toy for kids.
0: I do remember that. Like, yeah. why would you give that to a
1: kid? Because it's the 1980s, and they rock. But there was this show, there was this uh, toy called Mad Balls, which is basically just these, you know, these balls, these um, styrofoam balls, and they had gross faces on them. And the gods must have spoken because Mad Balls had not one, Corey, but two, two completely different animated shows. Wow. One was a Saturday morning cartoon show that was pretty generic. It was like Heathcliff and, you know, or the Garfield shows. It was pretty generic. Mm -hmm. But the other one was an adults only version that looked like Monty Python. And huh. it was an animated show with, it was called Mad Balls Gross Jokes. And it was based on this toy line. It was clearly not for children, it was for adults. I don't know what the hell happened for that show to exist. But it would, like, whenever I see stuff like Cuphead, it reminds me that there's so much potential in the world.
0: That's very strange to hear about. Now, yep. as you mentioned, Netflix is going to make a Bioshock movie. Moderate your expectations. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of movies, um, the Uncharted movie releases when?
1: This weekend came out this weekend. It, apparently, it's making all the money.
0: Like, I'm not uh, I'm not really hopping on board to see that one immediately, but it, I will point out the big standout thing about that movie for me is the fact that Nathan Drake looks like he's 12.
1: We know it's funny. Tom Holland, who's aka Spider-Man, who looks like he's 12, he's actually almost 30. Mark Wahlberg plays Sully. I'll just say this. We, Marky a, Mark. A review is coming. We have our review coming for this movie. Um, a lot of people have said this, and I still maintain the movie's miscast, and I think mm-hmm. it's because it's been cast so many times. Right. Do you remember about 10 years ago they were supposed to make – David O. Russell was supposed to do this movie, and Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be Nathan Drake.
0: That's hilarious, and I do remember them talking about their being yeah. an Uncharted movie shortly after the release of the first game, in fact.
1: I heart Huckabee's guy, and the, yeah. and, and the truth is, is that it took so long in development hell that Mark Wahlberg aged out from Nathan Drake into Sully. And if you remember... Uh, if,
0: that, that just hurts my soul to talk about.
1: Well, I mean, you know, the original game, whether you love Uncharted or not, it's basically it's basically based on Nathan Fillion and Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Let's be honest. Those are the two yeah. the characters are based on. They're not going to have Bruce Campbell as Sully, although that would be kind of awesome. Um, and Nathan Fillion's, what, 60 years old now? So, yep. but Ancient. But I have a question for you uh, real quick. You mm-hmm. are a Sam Raimi fan? I am. Okay. Have you seen the trailer for the new Doctor Strange Multiverse?
0: Is that the one where he, like, creates a sigil in midair and, like, saws the bus in half? Because that was pretty yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's basically the same. So, I'm,
0: I'm all about the blades lately, all right? Well,
1: it's all about all the hijinks they got up to in the Spider-Man movie, because he opened the multiverse, because Peter right. is selfish. Um, do you think, because it's a Sam Raimi film, and this is the guy mm-hmm. who did the first three Spider-Mans, do you think, just completely random question, that Bruce Campbell will be in this movie somewhere?
0: I am confident he'll have a cameo somewhere. Bruce Campbell's the kind of guy who would insist on it himself.
1: The last Bruce Campbell movie I saw, just for you listeners out there who don't care, uh, he, he, we reviewed it on the site. There was a movie called Black Friday, and I think yep. it came out late last year. It's where Bruce Campbell plays the owner of a toy store that is open on Black Friday, and the toy store gets invaded by zombies. Yep. It's not great, but it's watchable.
0: But it's a Bruce Campbell film where he's fighting zombies. It doesn't have to be great. You know, you can just get some popcorn and enjoy it. Hey, speaking of movies, though— <laughs> Uh, these two, these next two things are kind of related actually. And they same are about co- same
1: parent company, by the way, Paramount,
0: yeah. same parent company doing the same thing, which is uh yep. Sonic the Hedgehog, which is getting a new film coming out. They've already announced th- this film's not even out yet. The second movie is not even out yet. Mm-hmm. They've announced, let's see, two more, two more sequels, plus a spinoff of the new Knuckles character, who, by the way, <laughs> voice by... Voiced by Andrew Selva, who is a <laughs> wonderful actor. Yeah. Um, and then additionally, the Halo series, which again, not out until like the in the next month, in fact. Yeah. Uh, they've already announced the second season. And, you know, people will see these things and like, oh, it's the hubris of these companies and yada yada. But again, we talked about Horizon a little bit ago. hmm I guarantee they knew Horizon was going to do well, and that's why they're probably working on Forbidden West like before the first game had even come out.
1: Well, here's the thing. If you haven't noticed, your Amazon Prime subscription is going up. Your Netflix oh, subscription no. went up. Disney Plus went up. All these things went up, and they said, oh, it's so we can provide you more entertainment. No, it's because you waste money because yeah. you spend billions of dollars buying crap that you don't support. And I said I want to talk about Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, whether you like the show or not, the show it it was advertised the hell all everywhere. Everything yes. had John Cho everywhere, everywhere. The show cost a lot of money; it was not a cheap show. And they canceled it in like two weeks, like it it literally they dropped it and canceled it. They killed it off. Yep. And the problem is, how do you spend that much money
0: and then just drop it like it's hot? Drop, right. And just
1: drop it like what not a, what not a the good colossal way.
0: Colossal waste of money.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing the the Halo show, the Halo series, whether it's crap or great, doesn't matter. They spent a lot of money doing this, like laying the foundation. So they they did the smart thing. Paramount did the smart thing. It doesn't matter if the show sucks. All that money they're getting two seasons out of it, and that's how yeah, we're not going to spend
0: all this money and then not do anything with it. That makes sense. Well, like,
1: there's also more though. There's also more. Is that what if the show needs time to find its footing? Like, how many shows start off great? Not many.
0: I will. I will say The Witcher on Netflix is a show that if you only show me the first episode, like this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. But you stick with it, and mm-hmm. by episode three, it's it's wonderful.
1: Well, that's again, old TV shows weren't all filmed at once. They were filmed over time, and they right. would they would show a few episodes.
0: That's where get... the concept of seasons came from. Exactly,
1: right? exactly. But they'd actually they wouldn't film like Seinfeld, for example. They wouldn't film all ten episodes. They'd film sure. a couple. They'd see the reaction. They'd make alterations. They change it. They change the show to make it better. But if you just lump everything together and plop it on your service and say, oh, no one watched in two weeks, and waste fifty million dollars. That's why you have to raise your prices because you're being reckless with money. Yeah. And I was talking – again, I was talking to Ben about this last week when I was on his show. This is how Hollywood used to be. Hollywood used to be like a handful of companies that would just spend money and they'd create these epic disasters, right? And it would bankrupt companies like
0: – has the Heaven's Gate, Giggly and yeah, so on and so exactly. forth. Yeah.
1: Well, when so- – I was saying this before. When Sony, um, Sony purchased Columbia Pictures back in the early 80s from Coca-Cola – because mm-hmm. Coca-Cola, because Coca-Cola, they're a beverage company. They don't know anything about movies, and so they would just write checks. They'd write checks and they'd bankrupt studios. And I'm sorry, Amazon and Netflix, you have more money than God, but you don't have all the money. And when you run out, you have to. That's when you have to squeeze it from your customers, and that's not a good business model. It's
0: very much not. But you know what? We've also run out of
1: time. 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 I think time. So I think it was a big month. February is usually a pretty good – like February is usually one of the best months for video games because we're over the holiday season. We get the first batch of really big stuff. And I'll be honest with you. This is a really good month for big games. You will find something big to play and fun. Maybe not great. It could be Dying Light. could be Crossfire X. We don't know. It could be anything.
0: Crossfire X. I can't wait to play it.
1: This is going to be a running gag for us. I know it. Yep. Uh, that being said, you have been listening to the Popstar Podcast, a.k.a. the State of Gaming, for February 2022. That's a lot of twos. That sounds like 2022. Sounds like a sequel. But February 2022, uh, the month of love, and we hope you found something to love. And if you love what you loved, then please give us a good review, share us everything else. Uh, last month was our biggest month ever for a podcast, but I think it's because we had two. We had two mm. episodes. So that That's cheating. Let's talk about two seasons. But uh, I want to thank, once again, our senior games editor, Mr. Corey Gallahar. Corey, thank you, sir, again. Hey, thank you. Thank you again. And everybody, be safe out there. We'll see everybody next time on The Next Level. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to the PopZara Podcast. For more quality original content, check out popzara.com for the latest reviews and previews in gaming, movies, tech, and more.